History Network, the African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. So welcome to the African History Network show. It is Sunday, October 10th, 2021, and we are live. Hope everybody's doing well. So a lot of people are talking about Dave Chappelle and his comedy special that's on Netflix, The Closer. Uh, It debuted on Tuesday, October 5th. Tuesday, October 5th, the closer. And it, uh, a lot of people are raving about it, about it being funny. And you have some people who are uh, complaining about uh, remarks that they're saying are transphobic, et cetera, uh, and are derogatory to the LGBT community, et cetera. So you have some people, some uh, LGBTQ organizations calling for the uh, special to be pulled from Netflix, uh, like the uh, national. See, uh, you have some uh, like Glad and uh, other organizations, also like the National Black Justice Coalition, uh, are calling for the special to be pulled from the Netflix streaming service. Now, we talked about this on Roland Martin Unfiltered on Friday. I was on Roland Martin Unfiltered on Friday, October 8th. I'm a panelist um, each Friday on the show. And we discussed uh, this topic. And David Johns, who's the executive director of the National Black Justice Coalition, was was a guest on the show. And we discussed this with him. And he helped to add more perspective to it, uh, to the to the conversation here and some of the criticism. Now, Dave Chappelle has said that, um, you know, he's not going to apologize. He said uh, he uh, later later this this past week, um, he did a screening of the uh, of a documentary. And. It was at at a screening of his new film, Untitled Dave Chappelle Documentary. Uh, He did this on Thursday in Los Angeles. And, you know, he said that uh, if this if this is what being canceled is like, I love it. He got a standing ovation from the audience before that. Um, And he said, if this is what being canceled is like, I love it. So I'm going to share an excerpt from Roland Martin Unfiltered uh, where we had this discussion here and the perspective that I was talking about. Now, one of the things that one of the things that uh, Dave Chappelle is is doing is is he's doing a critique of white supremacy. Okay. He's doing a critique of white supremacy because one of the things he's saying is that the baby was the rapper, the baby shot and killed somebody at a Walmart and his career didn't suffer, but he makes derogatory comments about the LGBT community for a couple of minutes during a rant on stage, during a performance. And he gets disinvited, uninvited from festivals and things like this. And people want to cancel him. This is the point that I was making. I, I haven't seen the Dave Chappelle special. I've read about it and seen clips. I don't even have Netflix. I got uh, stopped watching Netflix a couple years ago. So I guess I have to renew my subscription to Netflix and watch it. 
Um, but we'll, we'll talk about this today because my perspective is focused on how is it that you can say whatever it is that you want to derogatory about African-Americans and call us all types of names and there's no backlash, there are no consequences. Okay, but you say uh, something about the LGBT community and now you're getting canceled from paid gigs that you were invited to participate in, even though they knew you had music out that dehumanized black people and is financed by white corporations. This is this is the issue that I have. Um, and also, you know, David Johns said that um, he appreciates Dave Chappelle's critique of white supremacy, because this is what Dave Chappelle was doing was a critique of white supremacy. OK, so we'll talk about that also. We'll talk about that today. And then. Um, Henrietta Lacks is back in the news. Also, we talked about this earlier this week because I'm on six days a week. Here on 19 a.m. Superstation WFDF. Henrietta Lacks is back in the news. And on October 4th, 2021, the family of Henrietta Lacks and also uh, uh, one of their attorneys, Benjamin Crump, attorney Benjamin Crump, filed a lawsuit uh, against a biotech company for uh, using Henrietta, Lack, Henrietta Lacks sales. Henrietta lacks sales without the permission of her family. All right. So we're going to talk about that as well, because corporations have made billions of dollars over the decades off of uh, Henrietta lacks sales. And the her family has, has never been compensated. OK, her family has never been compensated. So we'll discuss that also. Um, and then. Attorney, uh, uh, earlier in the week, we also talked about this story dealing with a African-American children's author named Jerry Craft. Jerry Craft. And um, Jerry Craft is a, a award-winning, acclaimed African-American children's author. And he was invited to speak at a school in texas to do a virtual presentation to the school children in texas and you had some um teachers who i mean sorry you had some parents who objected to the content of the book of uh, of the two books uh one book is called new kid the other book is called class act okay and the, uh, we had one parent who created a petition, a white female parent who created a petition to cancel the presentation. So now his book has been pulled from the from the Texas School Library, uh, the library of this elementary school, Roosevelt Alexander Elementary School. His book has been pulled from the library for review. And his uh, appearance to speak to the children has been postponed. We're going to talk about this because uh, the parent, the, the, especially the white parent, is saying that his book is teaching critical race theory, even though it's not. They're saying uh, Bonnie Anderson is her name, crazy woman. She sounds crazy. She may not actually be crazy, but she sure as hell sounds crazy. We'll let you hear. And... 
she's saying basically his book is promoting critical race theory, but it's not. So we'll discuss that. Now, attorney Fred Gray, you've heard me talk about attorney Fred Gray before. Attorney Fred Gray was is a legendary civil rights attorney, and he uh, was the attorney who filed the lawsuit of Browder versus Gale, uh, February 1st, 1956. That in this lawsuit is what ends the Montgomery bus boycott. And he also is the attorney who filed the lawsuit on behalf of the survivors uh, and their family of the Tuskegee experiment of untreated syphilis in the Negro male. Well, now he grew up in Montgomery, Alabama. The street he grew up on in Montgomery, Alabama is called Jeff Davis Avenue. Jeff Davis Avenue. I'll give you one guess who Jeff Davis Avenue is named after. Jeff Davis Avenue is named after Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederacy, one of the biggest traitors in the history of this country, who was a white supremacist slave owner who committed treason against the Union and took up arms against the Union to maintain slavery. This is this is who the street that attorney Fred Gray grew up on. This is who that street is named after. Jeff Davis Avenue named after Jefferson Davis. Well, this past week, uh, city council in Montgomery, Alabama announced that they were renaming the street after attorney Fred Gray. We talked about this on Roller Martin Unfiltered. We'll discuss that also. All right, so on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now it's correct wrong behavior, what you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you control the circumference of his or her actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Now, we deal with a number of different topics here on the African History Network show. We deal with current events in history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828. Sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828. Sign up for our email newsletter. Also visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Sign up for our email newsletter there as well. Um, you can still register for the 10-week online course that I teach on Saturdays from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. The Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. We deal with uh, history after, uh, well, we deal with some history of what led to the Civil War taking place, starting with the Louisiana Purchase of 1803. And then uh, we deal with uh, the Civil War, Reconstruction, uh, 1865 to 1877. Uh, we deal with uh, Jim Crow era. Uh, World War One, World War Two. Uh, we look at the Great Migration, 1915 to uh, 1970, and we look at um, this history, especially what happened to us after slavery ended. What were the laws and policies put in place to put us in the predicament that we're in today? Understand where we go from here, but we also look at our successes as well. 
land acquisition and how land was stolen from us, uh, businesses that we build, et cetera. Okay, so you can visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. That's uh, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement of Black Power, 1865 to 1968. Okay, uh, calling number is 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the calling number. If you have a question or comment, you listen to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation, WFDF. I'm Michael M. Hotep. We'll be back in a few minutes. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music. Black history and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network. Subscribe now. We all know the cannabis industry is headed toward an uprise in the past decade. What happens when there is a brand that brings this uprise in a blow? The cannabis industry welcomes her uprise. Hustle her hemp. Delivering excellence with pride is her watchword and how you choose to embrace it makes it a priority. From cultivating rich cannabis into exquisite and tastefully finished CBD products to delivery, Hustler Hemp leaves no stone unturned. Hustler Hemp's mission is to empower women of color by building business and creating legacies, uniting beauty, health, and business. We are a pure definition of how we want the CBD industry to become in the future. While we are redefining innovation, we bring the same energy to improving the quality of life. Hustle Her Hemp is the new Uprise. History and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Unfortunately, many people confuse what racism is. Racism is a power structure. It was laws and policies that put us in this predicament. It's going to be laws and policies that take us down. So you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts. Stand by. You control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. We have it on a 910 AM Superstation. 910, the Super Station, the oldest radio station in town since 1922. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Super Station, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Sunday, October 10th, 2021, and we are live. Hope everybody's doing well. Okay, um, so Friday, I was on uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered. I'm a panelist on, uh, I'm a panelist on every Friday. And one of the, one of the topics that we discussed, I think it was actually, it may have been at the top of the show, I think, uh, cause I was on Friday and I was on Tuesday, uh, also. But one of the topics we discussed was Dave Chappelle's special, the closer and the backlash that, uh, Dave Chappelle is receiving. Okay. Uh, from some comments that uh, he made in the um, in the stand-up comedy special, and it's on Netflix. So Netflix is getting some backlash. Dave Chappelle said uh, he's not going to apologize, and 
Uh, he said that this um, is what getting canceled feels like. He loves it uh, because of the standing ovation he got when he did a screening of the um, of the special uh, this past Thursday in Los Angeles. All right. So I want to go to uh, this clip here. This is we're going to go to clip number one from Roller Martin Unfiltered, Jalen. I want to go to this clip here. Um, this is from Friday, October 8th. Now, I have not seen the special yet. I don't spend a whole lot of time. I, I, I'm, I'll probably watch it, but I don't spend a whole lot of time watching comedy specials and things like that. I don't, I don't have that type of time, but um, I'll probably watch this. Um, so Roland spoke with David Johns, who's the uh, executive director of the um, of one of the organizations that's calling for the uh, special to be pulled, the National Black Justice Coalition. Okay, and uh, let's go to clip one here, Jalen. All wrong. Right. 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 Let's go to clip one from uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered. All right, folks. Dave Chappelle has a new Netflix special. It's called The Closure. Well, not sitting well with a number of LGBT organizations, black and others, including the National Black Justice Coalition. They are calling for Netflix to remove the special, saying Dave continues to make homophobic and transphobic comments. Last night, he had a screening of his documentary, The Hollywood Bowl. I was in attendance. He made it perfectly clear. He said, he does not, he's not concerned. He is not going to get canceled. Joining us right now is David Johns. David Lee, of course, leads, of course, uh, the organization I was just speaking about. Uh, that is the uh, preeminent uh, black LGBT organization. So, Dave, David, glad to have you back on the show. So please explain to us why should, from your perspective, Netflix uh, remove this Dave Chappelle special? First, let me say thank you, Roland, for creating space for us to have this conversation. I want to be clear that it was a desire of the National Black Justice Coalition for us to do this, to have this conversation. And for me, it made sense to uh, make this invitation um, to Brother Dave Chappelle to have versions of this conversation, um, including by demanding that Netflix uh, take down the special, uh, because Netflix has offered up uh, resources to help us deal with many of the things that most of us who love black people care about, which is white supremacy. Uh, so I want to be clear in stating that I celebrate Dave Chappelle's comedic uh, enterprise. I appreciate the ways in which so many people rest in the ability to laugh and uh, celebrate and jest and just take a break from the stress and trauma of being black in this country. Uh, and I continue to be astounded by what feels like a lazy attempt at this craft by someone who has demonstrated the ability to be a genius and uh, forgetting that there are some of us who are also black and LGBTQIA+. Um, and so again, all of this to say that I'm very well aware of Mr. Chappelle's comments about resting in the privilege um, that allows him to feel no regard for the implications of his comedy. And as someone who leads an organization uh, that cares greatly about the overlooked and neglected needs of black, queer, trans, and non-binary people, I'd like us all to do a little bit better. So how do you respond to folks who say, look, he's a comedian. 
They talk about everybody. They talk about black people. They talk about gay people. They talk about trans people. They talk about women. They talk about politicians. Yeah. They talk about everybody. Um, many, and many comedians say that's what comedians do. You're not going to a keynote speech. You're going to a comedy show. Right. Uh, what I would acknowledge is, okay, and uh, the next step is to talk about then what, right? So um, uh, comedy is a an art form. It's a form of entertainment that, uh, when particular when we think about the way that Dave Chappelle has shown up, uh, provides entree, right, opportunities for us to think more critically and to engage more responsibly with each other. Uh, and so for me in particular, I am very much interested in this because Brother Chappelle and I purport to care about black people. Uh, and in particular, when the comedy could lead to black people, in particular black people who are women, who are trans, queer, non-binary, who do not have the privilege to say, I don't care what people are saying about me because they're millionaires and have deals with Netflix, right? When we're talking about everyday people who don't have those privileges, I remain concerned about the implications of the joke or the art form. And let's just keep it a buck, right? We're, we're black people. We, and, and a part of this, what I've heard is people say like, it's jokes, you should, you should just be roasted. And there's two things that are important for me. One is that that's about community, right? If, if I am in a, in, a, in a situation where we're playing a dozen, uh, we should be on equal footing. The ability for Dave Chappelle to make jokes about women and black trans folks, which are a race where we assume that all queer, trans, and non-binary folks are white, diminishes the ability for people to actually engage in a conversation or to punch back or to otherwise respond. And ultimately what I'm continuing to try and remind people is that I care about black folks who are ignored and who are erased. It is the black lesbians who are being in Chelsea because of white supremacy and then made to be victim uh, because their accusers highlight the ways in which their blackness overcomes the discrimination they experience as a result of their sexual identity or gender orientation. I remain concerned right. about right, black right trans students who yeah, are being right there, in Jaylen. schools where people laugh at them and say that. Okay. All right. So th that's the, the beginning of the interview. You can watch the full interview at Roland Martin on Roland Martin on Facebook and YouTube. That's from October 8th, 2021. So Roland is speaking with David Johns, um, executive director of the national black justice coalition. They're one of the organizations calling for, um, Dave Chappelle's the closer, uh, Netflix special to be pulled. Okay, so then, so they talk for a while, and then he goes to, Roland goes to his panel, I'm on the panel. Let's go to clip two, uh, Jalen, and see, my perspective is a little different, because I noticed that um, you can say whatever you want to dehumanizing about African Americans, and it's basically no problem, okay? Uh, let's, uh, let's go to clip two, Jalen. or how it might impact other people who do not have access to the privilege that you have been afforded to have access to and to simply do and be and say. And again, what's challenging for me is knowing that the reality is that so many of us, not all of us, I don't afford to speak for all of us, but so many of us do not have that privilege. We are on track to have this year be the deadliest year with regard to the murders of black trans women. And often, NBJC issues statements, much like the statement we issued around Dave Chappelle, 
around the murders of black trans women that doesn't get a modicum of the traction or energy that this has received. And so my hope is that while Mr. Chappelle continues to do whatever he will do because he's privileged enough to do that, that we will continue to have these conversations. And that as a community of people who purport to care about black people, that we will do better. Not only with regard to our language and with regard to how we have conversations with one another, but how we protect and support one another in more meaningful and measurable ways. Michael. All right, how you doing, David? Um, I don't necessarily have so much of a question, but but a but a comment and an observation here. And I've been reading this about Dave Chappelle. I haven't seen the special yet. Um, one of the one of the criticisms that he's getting is defense of uh, comments that the baby made uh, that uh, people are saying were homophobic as well. And we know the baby got canceled and disinvited from different events. And the, the, the concern that I have is is that when African Americans are dehumanized, yeah. whether it's in music, whether it's in specials called the N-word, bees, and things yeah. like this, the, the, the outrage doesn't take place to talk about take, removing that artwork that dehumanizes African Americans. But and, and very quickly here, but so the baby got disinvited from different events and festivals for making homophobic remarks on stage that was not part of a song. It wasn't recorded anything like that. But he got invited right. to the festivals after making songs that dehumanized black people. And people right. are largely silent on that. Okay. So that right. see, that's the conflict that I have. Okay. So right. that, you know that's 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 my perspective on this. Okay. No, I appreciate that. And I I appreciate that. Your thoughts on that. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And and for me, the problem with the joke and the presentation of this conversation via this big platform is that it affirms this lie that all black people are cis, heterosexual, and they can operate in the same way and all queer people are white. And that is a lie. Right. And so if okay. we step back from that, the thing mm -hmm. that I find frustrating is that most people are now engaging in this conversation without regard for the fact that, as Dave Chappelle referenced, the baby shot somebody and shot somebody in Walmart and then rapped about it in the song where he told his child I would do it again. That is a problem. We talk so much about violence in the black community. I want to offer a footnote. There are so many people who have been introduced to MBJC for the first time. Welcome to what we do. We're not new to this. We engage in similar conversations when we're talking about Tony McDade, the black trans man who was murdered the same week that George Floyd was murdered by the Tallahassee Police Department. We show up and talk about and support Jasmine Kennick, a founder of this organization who has been in the space before to talk about Ed Buck, a perpetrator of violence, systemic violence mm -hmm. against black queer and Samson loving men in particular. We show up and talk about this with regard to Nigel Shelby and black students who are bullied and, and suspended. We agree in the space of wanting to ensure that all black people can be free. For me, it's important to highlight for folks that don't have access to the information, who will never read a book about intersectionality, who don't know anything about Kimberly Crenshaw's groundbreaking essay, Mapping the Intersection, to appreciate that as long as there have been black people, there have been black, queer, trans, and non-binary people. We have always been beautifully diverse. The issue with the special, and I encourage you to, to watch it, which is vexing for me in this space where I'm like, we should be continuing to talk about this, but it also is to simply say this, we agree. We're only having this conversation because Dave Chappelle says in the special, I care about black people. Um, uh, we are not able to see that. We are the victims of it. And that is the thing that I care most about. I also want to be clear that this is not about 
We can't cancel Dave Chappelle. Lord of Nations, apparently clear. He's been on uh, Instagram with all of his friends. This is about us as black folks. mapping the intersection to appreciate that as long as there have been black people, there have been black, queer, trans, and non-binary people. We have always been beautifully diverse. The issue with the special, and I encourage you to, to watch it, which is that seems for me in this space where I'm like, we shouldn't be continuing to talk about this, but it also can talk about this. It could simply say this, we agree. We're only having this conversation because Dave Chappelle says in the special, I care about black people, and my issue is white supremacy. What is missed mm -hmm. so often, particularly with regard to Mr. Chappelle's comedy, is that intersectionality is a thing. And there are black, queer, trans, and, and, and non-binary, non-conforming people. And we, it is us, not white people. It is not white, queer people. He talks about LGBTQ people as if they are white. and talks about the movement that they are winning. It is them, white folks, who win, not us. When these jokes happen without this critical conversation, it is black, queer, trans, and non-binary people who are victims of the kind of violence that he jokes about, who get beaten up because their Adam's apple is too large or because their hands are too big or because they do not show up in the way that white people and the things that we all hold to, to, to this level of being, the things that we should all do, when we don't, when we don't, um, uh, when we are not able to achieve that, we are the victims of it. And that is the thing that I care most about. I also want to be clear that this is not about to the extent that we can't cancel Dave Chappelle. Lord has made this apparently clear. He's been on uh, Instagram with all of his friends. This is about us as black folks who purport to care about black folks doing better. Okay, pause it right there, Jalen. All right, thank you. Okay, so that was... Um... That was from Roland Martin Unfiltered, Friday, October 8th. It's a longer segment. Uh, we did like 25 minutes. You can watch the full segment. I'll actually post it here. Last time I checked, it's been viewed 56,000 times on um, YouTube. Um, so I was on the panel, and I had questions. because Because, see, like I said, and, and David Johns helped to add context to this because um, Dave Chappelle – was critiquing white supremacy. And this is the same thing that he did in his previous special where he talked about how um, L the LGBT community, that whole movement is basically ran and controlled in generally speaking, control the direction that it goes is generally speaking controlled by white gay men. This is what he was saying in, in the previous special. And he caught backlash as well. And what he's doing is what he was doing is critiquing white supremacy. OK, um, so my thing is, is like, wait a second. How is it that the baby can put out music that all you have to do is go to azlyrics.com, go to azlyrics.com and just search for the uh, the baby, D-A-B-A-B-Y, which is a grown man calling himself the baby. I don't even understand that. But this um, but anyway, um, just read his lyrics. But it's not just him. It's other it's other. Is 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 not so much the artists. It's these white corporations that fund ne negative corporate control hip hop, like Atlantic Records, that allow them to do this. And see, the reason why is because you only protect what you respect. You only protect what you respect. Okay, and African people, African Americans, are not respected enough, largely, to protect. But 
so the debate so the baby makes these statements about two minutes at a concert okay and about the lgbt community and he gets disinvited from all these festivals and concerts or things like that that are paying him to perform and attend but you invited him even though he has music out that dehumanizes african-americans now some people may say that's a double standard well i would argue there's only one standard the standard is white supremacy and racism and this is and this is what dave Chappelle was critiquing white supremacy in the closer okay from what what i've read and, and heard about it this is what he's doing critiquing white supremacy now we're gonna go to clip three now this is i saw this on d.l hughley's uh instagram page i uh, i follow d.l hughley on instagram d.l you can follow me back okay i think the, the uh, michael m hotel on instagram and then so I, I shared this on my personal facebook page michael m hotel and shared this on our facebook fan page the african history network it went pretty much viral on our fan page, the African History Network, because we have a million followers there. Um, this this is originally from the Shade Room, and it's uh, then is uh, shared by D.L. Hughley, but it's the sister here giving his critique about Dave Chappelle's critique, and and Dave Chappelle in the closer when he's talking about the baby, Dave Chappelle is calling out white supremacy. Okay, and this sister's name because I want to give this sister credit here. Um, this sister is, uh, let's look at this. This is, let me pull this up here. Um, hold on, get this sister's name here. This is, um, Myla, uh, uh, Myla Brat, mylabrat.com, M-I-L-A, Myla Brat. Let's go, uh, let's go to clip three, uh, Jalen. Black people. Now, y'all know I have to do some research because what we're not about to do is let some black organizations that we've never heard of and never seen in the black community come out and try to tear down one of the only black celebrities who's had the courage to speak on the bias and the catering to that the LGBTQ community receives from the media. Now, all Dave Chappelle did was give an example of how it's okay in American culture, society, and media for rappers to promote violence in the black community towards black men, but it's not okay to even slightly offend the LGBTQ community. Now, the National Black Justice Coalition claims that Dave was somehow perpetuating transphobia, which perpetuates violence, and that 2021 is on track to be the deadliest year on record for transgender people in the United States, thus justifying Netflix to be able to cancel his show. Now, black people, I have to go look this up myself because the way they're canceling folks who speak on anything about the LGBTQ community, I thought I was about to see transgender people being killed in the hundreds and the tens of thousands. Literally, 28 transgender people have been killed so far in 2021. I tell you, I cannot make this up. 28. According to Forbes, 350 transgender people were killed in 2020, and only 28 of those deaths happened in the United States. 
Now, don't get me wrong. Any life that's lost unjustly is unacceptable, but this doesn't even make up 1% of the amount of black women who died in 2021 and 2020 or the amount of black men who died or were killed by the police. Are you kidding me? Now, at least four black women and girls are murdered per day in the United States. 5,000 black girls and women are missing in the United States. I haven't seen the LGBTQ community coming out and crying about how black rappers and black celebrities should be canceled for degrading black women and they are dying at higher rates, extremely higher rates than transgender and the LGBTQ community. Why don't y'all ever talk about the violence that the LGBT community is committing against each other? Because apparently domestic violence is happening at an even higher rate than heterosexuals. There's never any outrage about black men and black women dying about the conditions that our community is in due to the perpetuating of violence in our music. It's up to us to make our communities safe and decent places to live. So we are going to continue to fight for black masculinity because last time I checked, black men are the only ones who are going to protect black women. It certainly won't be the LGBTQ community. So Dave was absolutely correct. Okay, so that's... Uh, let's give it, let's give her credit here. I know websites, Myla, uh, Myla Brat, uh, com two T's, uh, it on YouTube chats with Myla, uh, Instagram, Myla.brat, B-R-A-T-T. We have, we have that on our Facebook and, uh, our Facebook page, the African history network. People have been commenting there. So, uh, now David Johns added context because he talked about the work that they do, uh, that the organization does, uh, in the community. Uh, in standing up for uh, uh, black trans people, uh, black LGBTQ when they're killed and things like this. And they don't, and I could say they largely don't get coverage in the media. Okay. Uh, mainstream media, uh, they largely don't get coverage when, when they're killed. Uh, the National Black Justice Coalition. Okay. So um, David, uh, David Johns helped to add context to the work that they do when um, uh, black LGBTQ people are killed. Okay, so, uh, but yeah, this is, you know, I wrote an article, I, I've been studying media for 30 years, people know me that know this, one of my first lecture series is called The Media's Deliberate Destruction of the African American Family, and uh, I wrote an article probably about 2016, I saw this, I saw a video, uh, it was a TED Talk of this white pastor, he was like a kind of a younger pastor and he listens to hip hop some. And he, he, I think his name was, um, I think his name was, was white Mike or something. It was a pa pastor. And I think his name was Mike, but he did a um, Ted talk, which talked about negative corporate controlled hip hop. And he, and he talked about how you can make a hip hop song about killing African-Americans but you cannot make a hip hop song about killing dogs. He talked about how dogs are more protected than black people are than African-Americans. Because if you make a song about killing dogs, if, if it actually gets put on a CD, it gets green lighted by the suits and the corporations. PETA is coming out after you. The, the, animals right, the animal rights groups are coming out after you. But you can say you, you you can say whatever you want to about African Americans, call them all types of H's and B's and thoughts, de de degrade them, dehumanize them, talk about killing them, things like this. It's like you're gonna win a Grammy, you know, maybe two Grammys. Okay, so you only protect what you respect, and you don't invest in what you detest. 
You only protect what you respect. So the, the standard, some people say it's a double standard. I argue the standard is white supremacy and racism, and this is what it is that we're fighting. And if you do not understand European white supremacy and racism, what it is and how it works, everything else that you think that you understand will totally confuse you. This is why we have to engage in economic guerrilla warfare and targeted sustained economic boycotts of corporations that put out negative corporate controlled hip hop entertainment companies. We should be divesting. We should be putting their names out, divesting from them because they know better than to put out music that degrades and dehumanizes other people. This is why I said before, this is why I came out so strongly against WAP by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. But 90% of my criticism was against Atlantic Records because that's the white corporation that financed the music and the music video. They know what they're doing because they would never have a white female artist put out music like that. That's so sexually explicit and things like that and put out a video. They know better, but they let Negroes do like this because that's how they think of us. And then the baseline of the song repeated about 79 times. There's some whores in this house where well, everybody in the video, except Kylie Jenner is of African descent. At some point, something should kick in up here and say, wait a second, hold on. How's it? Why, why do they? project these images of us and then give us an American Music Award and the BET Award and all this award for dehumanizing music like this financed by white corporations. Now, uh, I want to um, look here at this uh, article for the sake of accuracy here. We talked about the, the baby and um, the gun charges. So this article here from uh, Charlotte Observer, Char Charlotte Observer. Rapper the baby's gun charge dismissed in connection with fatal North Carolina Walmart shooting. This is from March 9th, 2020. Um, prosecutors have dismissed their case against Charlotte rapper the baby in connection with a fatal shooting in a Huntersville Walmart, a spokeswoman for the Mecklenburg County District Attorney's Office confirmed to the Charlotte Observer on Saturday. Keep in mind this article is from March 2020. Police said 19-year-old Jalen Craig was shot and killed November 5th, 20, uh, November 5th, had to be the previous year, uh, 2019, during a fight in the store on Brighton Town Center Drive. Uh, Hunter, Huntersville police tweeted on November 5th, 2018, just to clarify, a training exercise was happening with the North Mecklenburg SWAT and negotiations team at Lake Norman Charter School when a shooting occurred up the street at Walmart in Huntersville. The two incidents are unrelated. Now, the baby, whose real name is Jonathan Lindale Kirk, was charged with misdemeanor carrying a concealed weapon, concealed gun, court records show. On Thursday, prosec back in March 2020, back in March 2020, prosecutors made a motion in court to continue the case against um, the baby, Jonathan Lindell Kirk, because a key civilian witness was unavailable. Prosecutors made a motion in court to continue the case against Kirk because a key civilian witness was unavailable, DA's office spokeswoman Megan McDonald said in Saturday's email to the Charlotte Observer. Mecklenburg County District Court Judge Matt Osman denied the motion, according to McDonald. It was not immediately known Saturday why Osman denied the motion. 
quote, without that witness, the state could not proceed. And as a result, dismiss the charge without the witness, the state could not proceed. And as a result, dismiss the charge. In an obscenity laced video on YouTube, rapper the baby said he was in the store shopping with his one and five year olds and their mother quote, when somebody pulled a gun and tried to take my life in quote, the Char Charlotte observer previously reported. Um, he said his daughter could have been hit. Son could have been hit. Um, is, uh, lawyers telling me not to say nothing, but two people, walk down on you and your whole family threatening y'all, uh, whip out a gun and y'all let me see, uh, what y'all going to do. Okay. So, um, you can read the rest of this here, but that's some background information on, since it was brought up in the stand up, um, the, in the closer stand up, uh, uh, special on Netflix from Dave Chappelle. That's some background information on that. We just posted that link here on the thread of our broadcast also. We're coming up here on a break in a few minutes. You listen to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation Future Radio. Calling numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number. Uh, if you have a question or comment, all right. Also, if you like this type of information, you can support the African History Network dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App, dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App, and then also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. We're here six days a week. This helps us keep doing the research, stay on the air, uh, keep broadcasting. Uh, when you go to, um, when you go to Cash App, it is, our cash app tag is dollar sign the AHN show, S-H-O-W, dollar sign the AHN show, S-H-O-W, and it shows my name. It'll say Michael and show my picture there. Okay, these other ones here are uh, fake African History Network cash app accounts. All right, so that's not me. All right, this is ours, dollar sign the AHN show, S-H-O-W. Uh, I want to let you know that uh, I'll be speaking, uh, I'll be at the Hartford Memorial Baptist Church uh, 2020 social justice conference coming up on, uh, it's Friday, September It's Friday, October 15th through Sunday, uh, October 17th. I'll be there on, I'll be there that Saturday. Uh, I'll be speaking on Saturday and the, their keynote speaker this year is uh, Minnesota attorney general, Keith Ellison. Okay, Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison, who led the prosecutorial team uh, in the uh, conviction of Derek Chauvin for the murder of George Floyd. Okay, um, so I'll be doing a workshop there. Uh, my workshop is uh, 10 a.m. on Saturday morning, uh, 10 a.m. classroom 306. Tickets are $25 to the full conference. Okay, and um, it's, it, they're going to have a number of workshops. I usually speak there each year. Sister Mary Grant invites me to uh, do a workshop. I'll have a vendor table there also. The website is hmbcdetroit.org. hmbcdetroit.org um, is their website. They have information there, how to purchase tickets. I think you can uh, purchase tickets at the door also. We'll have uh, more information 
as well. But uh, be sure to uh, come to my workshop. Uh, I'm going to deal with uh, black liberation theology as a tool to fight against white supremacy. OK, and deal with some uh, historic um, and, and deal with a history of how black liberation theology has been used to fight for freedom of African-Americans going back during slavery and during the civil rights movement also. OK, but visit their website. Um, H.M. is Hartford Memorial Baptist Church in Detroit. H.M.B.C.Detroit.org. We'll put a link to this also on our uh, website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Okay, uh, we'll be back in a few minutes to listen to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation, the future radio on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. 9, 10 a.m. Superstation, a division of Adele Media. I'm Brother Michael M. Hotel. In the African History Network show, we deal with current events in history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Unfortunately, many people confuse what racism is. Racism is a power structure. It's laws and policies that put us in this predicament. It's going to be laws and policies that take an action. We control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts. We control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do what people really doesn't know. We have it all on 910 AM Superstation. The views and opinions expressed on any program are those of the producers and or the persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 910 AM Superstation or Dell Media. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Sunday, October 10th, 2021, and we are live. Call the numbers 313-778-7600, 313-778-7600. Is the call in number if you have a question or comment. Uh, so right before the break, we were talking about Dave Chappelle. Then also, uh, I talked a little bit about the ten uh, week online course that I teach on Saturdays from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, eighteen sixty five to nineteen sixty eight. In a minute, here we're going to talk about this story out of Texas. Uh, we, we we discussed this earlier in the week on, on my show. Texas school district pulls book by acclaimed black author jerry craft texas school district pulls books by acclaimed black author amid critical race theory claims author jerry craft said he remains committed to helping kids become the kind of readers that i never was letting kids see themselves on my pages and uh he's the author of of books um new kid and um class act the children love his books apparently some white parents at this school in the school district don't are not too fond of his books we'll talk about that here in just a minute okay uh let's go to the phone lines quickly let's go to uh line one let's see who we have here we have uh larry line one larry welcome to the african history network show thanks for holding tell us where you're calling from From Detroit. Uh, Michael, one of the things that we must, yeah, we, we, we have to understand is that this whole Hollywood uh, uh, entertainment uh, industry is plagued with these individuals who have to have to uh, lend themselves to the mindset uh, as part of their oath, as part of their, yeah, if you're going to make $20 million, they become a top-notch actor or entertainer. There are certain things that you are required to do. Uh, 
a little while ago, they had uh, a, they were doing a series and a document a document on the subject. Uh, the name of the subject was "It Is a Damn Shame," and we that featured individuals who we know as actors and or entertainers in every field of the arts that are involved in homosexuality, and that these are people that we know, but we have not been able to. Uh, going to that, and that is something now that David Chappelle, this was round two for David Chappelle. The first time he did that, he, they wanted him to put on a dress. Right. If you notice, there are many actors and entertainers who have put on dresses. Mm-hmm. But that is a part of the ritual. That is part of what is expected of them, that they're going to remain at the top of the arts. So that in itself, this time around, make no mistake about it. There is something that they're fearful that David Chappelle is going to reveal, and they want to silence him. They want to shut him up. They're afraid that they're going to be exposed. Okay. Thank you, sir, for checking All right. my call. All right. Thanks for calling. Uh, let's go to, oops, sorry. Let's go to uh, 100, um, call, uh, line two. Welcome to the African History Network show. Tell us where you're calling from. Oh, yeah, I'm calling from Martinez in the Bay Area out of day. Okay, you are you on a speakerphone or, or a Bluetooth? Because your voice is muffled. It's hard to understand. Okay, you hear noise? You hear noises? No, okay. not really. Um, no, you know, not really. I'm not on the speakerphone. Can you hear me now? Okay, that sounds a little clearer. You can? That sounds a little clearer. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I'm sitting by my laptop. That's one thing. I got all kinds of stuff going. I'll try to muffle it something. Um, no, I just want to say I appreciate your commentary. Oh, thanks. And um, as far as to what's going on now, I say, you know, as far as to them wanting to take books off the shelf and education, I came to the conclusion. I said, you know, I process things different, and my um, my response to some issues might be different. But I came to the conclusion, for the most part, that, um, you know, I don't like, I'm, I'm straight to the point in a lot of ways. You know, these satanic powers above those down there. And you have these people down there. It just seems like, you know, just took a push of the button, and, you know, it, you know it's, it's just open season for stupidity, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way that Mr. Kraft's book should be took off the shelf. And then at the same time, like you said, um, as far as to, um, what do they call this? Um, um, critical race theory. I mean, actually, that's some type of concoction that they came up with, critical race theory. Because when you think about it, it's like, wow, you know, because in first place, what you're trying, what they're trying to do, is cut everything in the middle of history, and as the young, as the younger people grow into learning what they want them to learn, they'll never really understand what American history truly is. Right, right. You know, and it's just ridiculous that they're doing these things. I saw this coming. Again, you know, but I said, now I'm not going to be surprised if you come again. I said, at the same time, I know that this is a this is a different this is a different era leading into something different. And really, the stuff really haven't started, so people need to get their bags packed. And I said, get their bags packed. You know what they need to do? I'll, I'll hush up. Okay. All right. Thanks for calling. Keep listening. Thanks for calling. Okay. Uh, we're going to go to we're going to switch gears. I want to go to this next story here. We're going to go to clip. Uh, we're going to go to clip four in just a second. Uh, Jalen, Caddy, Caddy ISD pulls books. K 
counsel's office visit after parents petition claiming subject matter teaches critical race theory. So this I, I saw this story early in the week. Uh, first article I saw about this was from uh, rawstory.com. And then I did some research uh, on this topic here for a story early in the week. We did this. We dealt with this on Tuesday, Wednesday or Tuesday or something. I, I don't know. All my days running together. I don't know. But we dealt with this early in the week. But Jerry Kraft is uh, an award-winning, acclaimed uh, author, children's author. OK. And he has two books uh, th that children really read and they use in schools called New Kid and Class Act, New Kid and Cl Class Act. OK, now this deals with Texas, the Caddy Independent School District, K Caddy ISD, Caddy Independent School District said they have temporarily removed books by an award-winning children's author from their library shelves after an outcry from parents claiming the subject matter promotes critical race theory. They, maybe they want to correct it. And it was largely white parents complaining. Okay. What well, it wasn't all white parents. They get the petition got 500 uh, signatures. There's a petition on change.org. The petition has since been taken down because it violated policies from change.org. Now, Jerry Kraft is the writer and illustrator of New Kid and Class Act, the sequel. This, the, the sequel to New Kid is called Class Act. He is the winner of the 2020 Newberry Medal, the Coretta Scott King Author Award, Dr. King's widow, Coretta Scott King, Coretta Scott King Author Award, and the Kirkus Prize, K-I-R-K-U-S. Jerry Kraft's website describes the books which feature young black boys as an, quote, as an honest graphic novel about starting over at a new school where diversity is low and the struggle to fit in is real. Where diversity is low and the struggle to fit in is real. The Caddy Independent School District is 67% white. I think maybe this is causing some problems because somebody, some people don't want to deal with reality and admit the reality of white supremacy and racism, what it is and how it works. And as a laugh out loud, funny, powerful, and important story um, of his books, a laugh out loud, funny, powerful, and important story about being one of the first kids of color in a prestigious private school. Maybe this ruffles some people's feathers. One of the few kids of color in a prestigious private school. So then the question has to be asked, well, why is it, why is only a few, a low percentage of non-white students in this school? Now, according to the website, Universal Pictures has acquired film rights to Jerry Craft's book, New Kid, with LeBron James, the Spring Hill with LeBron James company, the Spring Hill company on board to develop and produce the picture. A flyer was sent out at the start of the school year to this school year. And it and this flyer touted Jerry Kraft's October 4th, 2021 virtual visit with third through fifth grade students at Roosevelt Alexander Elementary School. Roosevelt Alexander Elementary School. Now, when I saw when I first saw the uh, the name of the school, I thought about Roosevelt Franklin on Sesame Street from the 1970s. Roosevelt Franklin Elementary School. That's what I thought about from Sesame Street. OK, but this is this is Roosevelt Alexander Elementary School. Now, an amended flyer sent to parents. Uh, 
on Friday, October 1st. An amended flyer sent to parents on Friday, October 1st, a few days before his October 4th virtual visit, said parents and guardians could opt out their students out of the visit. My question would be, why would you want to opt out your, your children from the visit? He seems like a happy black man to me. Why would you want to? He smiles and everything. Why would you want to opt your children out? But OK, <laughs> all right. <laughs> now, a district spokeswoman told KPRC Channel 2 in the Texas area on Monday, October 4th, 30 parents had opted out of the uh, virtual visit. But that option came just as a now deleted petition on change.org began circulating, calling on the school district, the Caddy Independent School District, to cancel the virtual visit and ban the books. This scary black man is going to scare our children. Now, Bonnie Anderson, who's a crazy ass woman, okay, Bonnie Anderson said, quote, it is inappropriate instructional material. She's the one that started this petition on change.org. Now, Bonnie Anderson is a former candidate for the Caddy Independent School District Board, uh, the Independent, uh, Independent School District School Board. And she's also a party in a lawsuit against the district's mask mandate, which all starts coming together because I can, I'll bet you $100 who she voted for in the last presidential election. It all, see, this is the whole weaponization of critical race theory, which that, that evolved from the protests from uh, 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 white Republicans, white ringers, when it came to mass mandates, and this is metastasized into critical race theory, and most of them can't tell you what critical race theory is. And they're using this as a rallying cry, and they want to shut down conversations that were systemic racism, racism, a lot of talks about the history of slavery, etc. Now, Bonnie Anderson says the petition garnered 500 signatures before she says it was taken down for violating the change.org community guidelines. Okay. Uh, she said, quote, they, they are pointed at white children displaying microaggressions to children of color. They are point. She's talking about um, Jerry Craft's books. She said they are pointed at white children displaying microaggressions to children of color. Okay, now this reminds me of that crazy case coming out of Tennessee. These, no, no, notice these are former Confederate states. These former Confederate states that took up arms against the Union to maintain slavery and committed treason. You know, we, we talked about the story. CNN, CNN had the piece that uh, dealt with uh, the, the, the book ban in uh, Tennessee schools. Okay, uh, a, a school in Tennessee. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, bring that up. That's some nonsense. And they're saying all oh, the, the books. it was four books that dealt with the civil rights movement. OK, for children. And th these books were uh, pulled because it's alleged that they promote critical race theory and all types of nonsense. Um, Bonnie Anderson said they are pointed at white children. Displaying microaggressions to children of color, the books don't come out and say quote, we want white children to feel like oppressors, end quote, but that is absolutely what they will do. Now, I'm not sure what qualify. I'm not sure if Bonnie Anderson has like degrees in childhood psychology or education or anything like this or what empirical data she's citing. And 
I'm, I'm not sure if she's taking a poll of children and said, does this book make you feel like an oppressor or anything like this? I don't know where she's getting this nonsense from. Maybe Fox News or OAN or something like that. I want to go to this clip here. Let's go to uh, let's go to clip number four. And this is from Click to Houston, uh, Channel Two in Houston, that has some reporting on this uh, incident. New at six o'clock tonight, campus controversy, a petition circulating over a scheduled guest speaker at one KDISD school. That speaker is a children's book author. Jerry Kraft writes stories about African-American boys dealing with race issues in school. So a group of KDISD parents is calling that critical race theory, and that's where this petition comes in. KPRC2, Sion Rhodes, live at Alexander Elementary School. Sion, the district is hitting the pause button on that author's virtual talk with students, at least for now, we understand. That's right, Dominique, and it goes even further than that virtual visit being postponed today. I just learned that those books have now been removed from the district's library, library while KDISD reviews them. A flyer sent to parents of Roosevelt Alexander Elementary School students touted the October 4th virtual visit of award-winning children's author Jerry Kraft. According to his website, Kraft's books, New Kid and Class Act, tell the stories of young black boys who experience culture shock at a private school with little diversity. They were pretty excited about it. Amelie Sanchez says her kids were looking forward to the visit and already fans of the books. He loved it. She said it was really funny. It is inappropriate instructional material. Bonnie Anderson had a different reaction. They are pointed at white children displaying my progression to children of color. The flyer gave parents a chance to opt out, but Anderson decided to start a now-deleted petition on Change.org to have the event canceled. If the books don't come out and say, we want white children to feel like oppressors, but that is absolutely what they will do. They're uncomfortable with touching that subject. They're uncomfortable with knowing that it's part of the problem. In September, Governor Greg Abbott signed into law a bill banning the teaching of critical race theory in K-12 public schools. A teacher may not teach that an individual by virtue of individual race or sex is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive. The critical race theory is definitely not about teaching white kids that they're inherently racist. Scholars say critics have it all wrong. It's really more so about understanding how institutional racism is instituted in society. Jerry Kraft did not respond to requests for comment, but in a tweet replying to parents asking why the visit was postponed and his books potentially banned, he wrote, apparently I'm teaching critical race theory. Now, in a statement to KPRC2, KDIC said they did receive a formal complaint to review Kraft's books last week, and they added to that statement saying that per KDISD policy, instructional day activities are put on hold until that review occurs. The author has been invited to present outside of the instructional day, and the district is now working on that. They also say that the books will be reviewed in the next 15 days. So... We'll give you an update when we find out what happens after they review these books by this scary black man. You know, when 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 you have parents say, oh, it's going to make white children feel like oppressors. What are you basing this upon? Are you basing this upon you feeling guilty? Like, what are, what are you basing this upon? What evidence are you citing? Um, so read this article here from Click to Houston and also one from. Um, uh, NBC News. Okay. And if we look at this one here from click to Houston, uh, also they did some good reporting on this. Um, they cite 
so they cite one college professor, Darius Benton, who said that uh, the scholars are saying that uh, the, the critics have critical race theory wrong. And Darius Benton is saying that these people have critical race theory wrong. OK, he said critical race theory is he said critical race theory is definitely definitely not about teaching white kids. They are inherently racist. It's really more so about understanding how institutional racism is instituted in society, organizations, and government. And this is a conversation a lot of people don't want to have because when African-Americans understand how these laws and policies are used to oppress many of us, then they'll vote these people out of office, like these Republicans that are passing these oppressive laws. They'll vote them out of office. So a lot of people are trying to keep this in the bag. They don't want this information to get out, okay? Because they know there'll be consequences and repercussions. We'll continue this on the other side of the break, and we'll talk about Henrietta Lacks as well. This huge lawsuit filed against Thermo Scientific, Thermo Fisher Scientific, uh, about using Henrietta Lacks um, sales without the permission of the family allegedly. Listen to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation WFDF on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. History and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Unfortunately, many people can fuse what racism is. Racism is a power structure. It was laws and policy that put us in this predicament. It's going to be laws and policy to take advantage. And you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts. You control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't be repeated because they know. We have it all on 9 10 a.m. Superstation. Nine ten, the Superstation, Detroit's only African American talk radio. Welcome back to the African History Network show, right here on on nine ten a.m. Superstation, uh, WFDF. Okay, right before the break, we were talking about this story out of Texas, where uh, acclaimed African American children's author Jerry Craft was uh, his virtual presentation he was gonna give to third through fifth graders um, at an elementary school there in the Texas area has been postponed. Roosevelt Alexander Elementary School has been postponed uh, when the parents, when the white parents started a uh, petition to cancel his virtual visit and pull his books from the school library, et cetera. Okay, so read this article here from NBC News. Texas school district pulls books by acclaimed black author amid critical race theory claims. Okay, so it's, uh, I can't tell you what critical race theory is, but they're just scared to death. But anyway, this is an example of how Americans are very ignorant of history and why America must have a massive history lesson, okay? Um, I'll be speaking uh, Saturday, October 16th at the Social Justice Conference 2021 for Hartford Memorial Baptist Church here in Detroit. Um, My workshop is 10 a.m. The conference is $25. Keynote speaker this year for the conference is Minnesota State Attorney General Keith Ellison. Keith Ellison uh, led the prosecution of uh, Derek Chauvin, who murdered George Floyd. Uh, visit their website. Visit the website for Hartford Memorial Baptist Church. They have information there. 
uh, hmbcdetroit.org, Hartford Memorial Baptist Church, HMBC, hmbcdetroit.org. For more information, you can purchase tickets. Uh, there'll be workshops. Mine is at 10 a.m. I'll be dealing with uh, a history of black liberation theology used as a tool to fight against white supremacy. Uh, so this is going to be good. Okay. And there's a, a luncheon as well with uh, Keith Ellison. He's going to be the keynote speaker. They have the whole schedule there. We'll talk about this some more on uh, tomorrow's show. All right. I want to get into this next topic here. So Henrietta Lacks is back in the news. And the, uh, on October 4th, October 4th, 2021, which was Monday, it was the 70th anniversary of the passing of Henrietta Lacks, who passed away October 4th, 1951 from cervical cancer. Okay. And um, her family is suing a pharmaceutical company that uh, they allege has been using uh, her sales without the permission of the family. Okay. And Henrietta Lacks has been, uh, there've been a number of articles written about her. There's the uh, book writer, Rebecca Sklut. Uh, her grandson has a book out also. Her grandson, uh, uh, David, has a book as well. But I want to go to this clip here from, uh, this is from the readout with Joanne Reed. Uh, we're going to go to clip. Uh, I think it's clip seven. Did I send you clip seven? We're going to go to this clip here in just a second. But we talked about this earlier in the week. And Henrietta Lacks sales have been used in a number of different uh, medical experiments and they've been used to uh, advance uh, science also. Okay. This should be, it, it, actually, this should be clip number eight. This should be clip number eight. I think I still have to send you clip number eight. Okay. Some of the uh, medical advances that Henrietta Lacks sales have been used in uh, deal with uh, gene mapping, in vitro fertilization, uh, cloning. They've also been used in. Um, they've also been used to develop uh, COVID nineteen vaccines. Also, okay. So they talked about this on uh, the readout with Joanne Reed on uh, a, a few days ago. So we're gonna uh, go to this clip here in just a second. Okay, call in numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call in number if you have a question or comment. All right, I just sent uh, clip number eight to you, uh, Jalen. Some of, some of the medical discoveries and scientific breakthroughs that Henrietta Lacks cells have been used in um, include, she laid the, in 1953, uh, her cells were used to lay the groundwork for the polio vaccine, 1956. Uh, her cells were used to help understand the effects of x-rays on human cells. Um, 1956 also, her cells were used to help develop cancer research methods, cancer research methods. Uh, 1964, 
her cells were used to help understand. Uh, I just emailed it to you. In 1954, her cells were used to uh, help understand um, how space travel may impact astronauts in future manned missions. They took, you know, I, I talk about Henrietta Lacks in uh, my lecture series, Great African Women in History, the Mothers of Civilization. And they took her sails into outer space to see how they would uh, react in zero gravity. Uh, also, in 1964, her sails were used to shed light on treatments, uh, shed light on treatments for blood disorders. And... In 1985, they were used to help understand the spread of HPV, the human papilloma uh, the vi uh, virus. So there have been numerous uh, medical, the scientific breakthroughs, numerous medical experiments that Henrietta Lacks cells have been used in uh, the uh, uh, the making of uh, in in. Uh, uh, used in uh, medical breakthroughs. Uh, let's go to this clip here from um, the readout with Joanne Reed. She spoke with uh, Henrietta Lacks' grandson and attorney Benjamin Crump. I want to tell you about Henrietta Lacks, or Henny, as her family calls her. She was a mother of five and a grandmother to dozens. She loved to cook and dance, often with one of her kids. According to her family, she was a beautiful black woman full of style and grace and was the emotional touchstone for her family. In 1951, she was diagnosed with an aggressive form of cervical cancer. And this is where she changed the world. Here's the thing, she had no idea. That's because when Henrietta Lacks went to Johns Hopkins, the only hospital that would treat black patients, doctors took samples of her tissue without her knowledge or consent and sent them to a cancer researcher working at the hospital. That researcher discovered that unlike others, her cells had the rare ability to survive and regenerate. Those cells could essentially live forever, the first of its kind. And they took advantage of that with great success. Today, her cells have been used in almost every realm of scientific research, such as the polio and HPV vaccines and in vitro fertilization, and were even used to help research the COVID vaccines. Henrietta Lacks died shortly after her diagnosis, but her cells continued to be used. Scientists shared her private medical information with the press. They even shared her genome, her personal genetic code, with the public. This was all done without consulting her family. According to the Wall Street Journal, scientists today buy her cells for anywhere from 400 to thousands of dollars per vial. Yesterday, her estate filed a lawsuit against the biotech company Thermo Fisher Scientific, accusing it of profiteering off of Henrietta Lacks' cells. The company has not publicly responded to the suit. I'm joined now by Ben Trump, one of the family's attorneys, and Ron Lacks, Henrietta's grandson. And Mr. Lacks, thank you so much for being here. I just want to put up for the audience just some of the things that your grandmother's cells have helped to advance. Everything from the polio vaccines, as I um, mentioned, understanding x-rays in the human cells, um, the Ebola and HIV vaccines, um, and, uh, trying to understand, sorry, the ineffectivity of Ebola and HIV, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When did your family find out that your grandmother was the source of all of those scientific miracles? Thank you, Joy, for having me. It's a pleasure. Decades. 
Yeah. My, my mother was the one that found out and threw it by accident. She was having lunch with a friend of hers down the street. And uh, the person that was coming to lunch, my, uh, her neighbor introduced her as Bobette Lass. And he told her, we working with someone named Henrietta Lass. And she told him, that's my, uh, my mother-in-law. And that's how we found out. You know, Ben, there's a sense of the dehumanization of black bodies and black life here where she, while a human being with a life, that's why we try to describe some of her life, was just treated as a product that could be bought and sold and disposed of at, at will by a company, um, this company, Thermo Official Scientific, and by Johns Hopkins. It's, 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 a, it's a wild sort of uh, reality that, you know, black life was treated this way. What do you hope to gain from this lawsuit? What do you think will be gained? Well, obviously, Harriet Lacks, uh, miraculous sales were unprecedented. So we know that this would be a precedent set in lawsuit, not just for simple justice, not just for social justice, but for genetic justice, Joy Reid, justice that will flow from generation to generation. And when you think about Harriet Lacks being treated in this just inhumane manner, as if she was a lab rat, which was very common at the time when they did medical experimentation. What it was tantamount to was medical racism. But through all that evil, we have this miraculous discovery of this black woman who cells have become the cornerstone of modern medicine. And every pharmaceutical corporation in the world has made billions and billions of dollars, yet her family has not made one red cent. And what we're saying in this lawsuit, they have the right to define her legacy, to benefit from her legacy, and to pass her legacy on to their generations of children yet unborn because her life matters. You know, there's a there's a, there's a feeling almost like this is sort of an, another way that slavery operated, right, Mr. Lacks, that, you know, that your grandmother, while human, was just seen as, you know, Ben Crump said, as a product that could just be bought and sold, and that her family was owed nothing. It's shocking to me that, that Johns Hopkins, was there any communication at the time with your grandmother to say to her, you know, you have miraculous cells or something miraculous about you. Would you be interested in any way in, in joining? I mean, I don't know. I know black people weren't even treated in most hospitals. Did her doctors communicate with, with her at all, what they were doing? Not, not at all. Matter of fact, my grandfather told the story of so many doctors coming into her room was strange to them, period. You know, that she was getting so much attention. A black person didn't get that much attention back then, so they knew something was wrong then, yeah. but never explained why. It's, it's shocking. And so just for those who are watching, this is the HeLa cell. They, call it, they literally named it after her. So they, they were like hiding in plain sight. It's called the H-E-L-A, which stands for Henrietta Lacks. So the lawsuit then is asking the court to order Thermo Fisher Scientific to disgorge the full amount of its net profits obtained by commercializing the HeLa cell. Do you have any idea sort of what those profits have been over the years in total? But we don't know, but we know Thermo Fisher alone, this distributor of the sales, reported a profit of $33 billion last year. And that's not to say what Merck, Pharmaceutical, Pfizer, 
Johnson and Johnson. I mean, it's billions upon billions. And that's when you think about George Floyd this past year and how the corporations all made these pledges to social justice. Well, a lot of them were pharmaceutical companies as well. So if you want to honor that pledge, well, do right finally by Henrietta Lacks. Do right by Henrietta. And I'm with Mr. Ron Lacks, George. You are the perfect person to talk about this because you've always been an outspoken advocate for black women to get their recognition because so often they're disrespected and never has that been more abundantly clear than with Henrietta Lacks. Thank, thank say you. her name. Amen. Say her name. Thank they, they didn't have to say They changed the name to Helen Lawson and Helen Lane. They yeah. tried it. They tried it. And then you wonder why black people don't trust the medical establishment and why we have to beg and plead with people to get vaccinated. They don't trust the system. These are the reasons that people don't trust it, y'all. There is a real reason people don't have trust. Ben Crump, thank you so much for doing what you do. Ron Lack. Show your book. Show your book. Absolutely. Show your book. There you go. The Untold Story right there. All right. Henrietta Lack, The Untold Story. Definitely. Y'all pick that up. Ben Crump and Ron Lack, thank you both very much. Okay. So that is uh, from the readout with Joanne Reed. I just sent you a clip, Jalen, from uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered. This is going to be clip nine. We talked about Henrietta Lacks on Roland Martin Unfiltered on Tuesday, October 5th, because I was on twice this week. Uh, and they wanted me on the show Monday, but I was too busy Monday. Roland's producer contacted me to ask if I come on Monday. I said, I can't do Monday, <laughs> but I can do Tuesday. Um, so. That's from uh, Roland Martin and Filter. I mean, sorry, that's from uh, the readout with Joanne Reed, MSNBC. And uh, that clip is from, that's, that was this past week. Uh, let's see here. That's at uh, MSNBC.com. That's from October 5th. That's from Tuesday, October 5th. Do Right by Henrietta Lacks, a family attorney, a black woman whose sales are commercialized by a pharmaceutical company. Now, if we look here at this article from, we'll post a link here uh, from the readout. Okay, so you can watch this full clip in its entirety. Uh, we'll, we'll go to clip nine from Roller Martin Unfiltered because we talked about Henrietta Lacks there as well. We'll, t- we'll go to that in just a second, uh, Jalen. If we look at this article here from uh, NPR, National Public Radio, Henrietta Lacks Estate sued a company saying it used her stolen sales for research. Okay, so they filed this lawsuit on Monday, October 4th, which was the 70th anniversary of the passing of Henrietta Lacks, uh, October 4th, uh, 1951. Uh, So they held a press conference announcing uh, this lawsuit. Uh, So here's a picture of the press conference. Now, uh, tissue taken from uh, the woman's tumor before she died of cervical cancer became the first human sales to be successfully cloned. The first human sales to be successfully cloned, reproduced indefinitely ever since. Okay, because her, her sales were reproduced every 24 to 48 hours. HeLa sales, which is what they were called to hide the name of where they came from, the first two letters of a first and last name, HeLa sales, have become a cornerstone of modern medicine enabling countless scientific and medical innovations, including the development of the polio vaccine, genetic mapping, and even COVID-19 vaccines. There was an interview that um, 
Ben Crump did with uh, members of Henrietta Lacks family. They did this on CBS News because that was the first interview I saw uh, about this. Uh, and we covered this story earlier in the week. And in that interview on CBS, uh, Ben Crump said that the statute of limitations for a lot of these other innovations the, and other usages of Henrietta Lacks sales, the statute of limitations has run out. But the COVID-19 vaccine is newer. And we know they started um, the mRNA technology that the COVID-19 vaccine is based upon is about five to six years old. OK, because they've, they've, they've already been working because coronaviruses are not new. SARS is a coronavirus. MERS is a coronavirus. So they were already doing um, experiments trying to find a vaccine to deal with a number of coronaviruses and get ahead and prepare for whatever the next coronavirus is going to be because coronaviruses are not new at all. So he's saying the usage of her sales for coronavirus is newer and the statute of limitations has not run out on that. OK, there's an article from uh, CBS uh, News dot com that has uh, the uh, interview in it. OK, we'll post that article here as well. Uh, what is that? See, uh, Henrietta Lacks family sues biotech company over sales, says it chose to use her body for profit. OK, this is a article from CBS News dot com. The interview that uh, Benjamin Crump did with uh, members of the family of Henrietta Lacks and uh, CBS is in this article. And that's where he talks about the statute of limitations. Okay. So you can read this one also. We'll pull this up. Uh, Henrietta, Henrietta Lacks family sues biotech company over sales, says it chose to use her body for profit. October 4th, 2021. This is the day they filed the lawsuit. Okay. Now I want to go to this clip here um, from uh, MERS. M-E-R-S, MERS, M-E-R-S, SARS and MERS, okay? Um, I want to go to this clip here from uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered. We talked about this earlier in the week uh, about uh, the lawsuit from uh, uh, Henrietta Lacks family. Let's go to this clip, uh, Jalen. Uh, folks, the estate of Henrietta Lacks uh, is suing a biotech company claiming it's been selling her cervical sales without her knowledge or the estate's knowledge or consent. A federal lawsuit says Irmo Fisher Scientific knowingly mass produced and sold the tissue obtained through what it calls a racially unjust medical system. The sales in question were taken in 1951 by doctors at Johns Hopkins. Lacks was terminally ill at the time, and her sales have been used for use in countless scientific research studies since. Her family says now is time for justice for Henrietta Lacks. About time. Yeah, 70 years later, we mourn Henrietta Lacks. And we will celebrate taking back control of Henrietta Lacks' legacy. This will not be passed on to another generation of Lacks. Amen. We stop here. And we move forward to get control of Henrietta's legacy. And I would like to restore my family's honor. Throughout the years of watching my family go through what they went through, my dad being ignored in courthouses, my grandmother defamed by she had to sign her name with the X. My grandmother had beautiful 
penmanship. It's in my book, Henrietta Lacks, The Untold Story, where I share my stories of my family's plight to get here where we are today. And God brought us here together over these 70 years. It wasn't time back then. It's time now. The time is now. All right, folks, the lawsuit wants the court to block their use without permission and force a $35 billion company to hand over profits from the teller sales. Uh, what do you make of this, Mustafa? Well, the company should have already settled. It would just make sense that they've made billions of dollars off of this. There's a history of the extraction of black body parts. You can go back to uh, Dr. J. Marion Sims in the 1800s when they were actually experimenting on enslaved people at that time. He's known as the father of gynecology because of all that he did to black women. So this is just, a, it keeps playing out decade after decade. So I hope that this family actually gets the restitution that they deserve. Yeah, the disgrace. Um, but again, I am just in awe. Again, history um, is now catching up to them. Um, I hope everybody gets their book. I mean, because again, we, we can't allow these things to happen. Um, and I think, you know, when we actually sign up and say we are organ donors or we are not, we need to ensure that whatever medical professional are following the law. Michael. You know, Roland, this is uh, great news. I talked about this uh, last night on my show. Um, you know, yesterday was the 70th anniversary of the passing of Henrietta Lacks also. Not only was her uh, sales used in polio vaccine and gene mapping and intro, uh, in vitro fertilization, but also um, uh, Attorney Benjamin Crump said yesterday in an interview that it was all, her sales were also used in the COVID-19 vaccine. And he said... Um, her sales have been used since basically 1951, but the statute of limitations has ran out on a lot of other uses, but because of COVID-19, that's something new. And uh, this is something that they're really pushing in the lawsuit. So it's a brilliant strategy. Thermo Fisher Scientific uh, on their website, they said their annual revenue is $35 billion a year. So hopefully they get everything that they deserve in this lawsuit. It's long overdue. All right, then, folks. Take a real short quick Okay, pause break. right there. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Jalen. Okay. So, yeah, on their website, Thermo Fisher Scientific says their annual revenue is $35 billion. Now, in the interview there with Joy Reid, Attorney Benjamin Crump said their profit reported last year was $33 billion. So, I don't know if the, I don't know if, if the profit's actually $33 billion, but on their website, they say their revenue is 35 billion so if they made a profit of 35 billion and their revenue was if they made a profit of 33 billion their revenue was 35 billion that's, wow this that's unbelievable but okay anyway um very quickly here we're going to go to we're going to go to the story about uh, attorney fred gray uh jaylen so that is clip number i don't know what is that seven Hold on. That's uh, Attorney Fred Gray, clip seven from Roland Martin Unfiltered. We'll go to that in just a second here. Um, also, Wall Street Journal reported about uh, Henrietta Lacks uh, this week. Uh, this article from this headline from the Wall Street Journal, Joy Reid talked about this. 
Henrietta Lacks, the name of this article is uh, Henrietta Lacks and her remarkable sales will finally see some payback. Actually, this article is from August 1st, 2020. Wall Street Journal. Henrietta Lacks and her remarkable sales will finally see some payback. In the article, uh, the Wall Street Journal talks about how scientists today buy HeLa sales, Henrietta Lacks sales, HeLa sales, and sales with modifications from anywhere from $400 to thousands of dollars per vial. Okay, these are her sales. Scientists today buy HeLa sales and sales with modifications from for anywhere from $400 to thousands of dollars per vial. All right, now uh, I wanna go to this uh, last story here. So attorney Fred Gray, legendary civil rights attorney, uh, attorney Fred Gray was the attorney who filed the lawsuit of Browder versus Gale, February 1st, 1956. And this is the lawsuit that actually ended the Montgomery bus boycott. Okay. The Montgomery bus boycott didn't end because they put the bus company out of business or something like some people think, no, that's not, that's not what happened. The lawsuit went all the way to the U S Supreme court. The plaintiffs were Aurelius Browder, Susie McDonald, uh, Claudette Colvin and Mary Louise Smith, four African-American women who at various times refused to give up their seat uh, on Montgomery, Alabama buses as well, including Claudette Colvin, who did so nine months before Rosa Parks. Uh, so attorney Fred Gray filed that lawsuit. Attorney Fred Gray also sued the federal government on behalf of the survivors of the Tuskegee experiment of untreated syphilis in a Negro male, uh, and, and, and their family. Okay. And got reparations for them. That's attorney Fred Grace, a legendary civil rights attorney. So there was this, there's this article here from, um, the Montgomery Advertiser, the Montgomery Advertiser, newspaper there in Montgomery, Alabama. Attorney Fred Gray grew up in Montgomery, Alabama, okay? And the name of the street that he grew up on is called Jeff Davis Avenue, Jeff Davis Avenue. The street is named after Jefferson Davis, who was the president of the Confederacy, and Jeff Davis was from Mississippi. He was a traitor to the Union and a, and a white supremacist slave owner. This is the street that attorney Fred Gray grew up on. This is who it's named after. Okay, we talked about this on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Let's go to this clip, Jalen. Uh, speaking, speaking of shenanigans in Alabama, the Montgomery City Council decision to charge a change of street name from a Confederate president to the honoring a civil rights icon, Dr. Reverend Fred Gray, come with a healthy fire. First of all, attorney Fred Gray. The city council voted to rename the street from Jeff Davis Avenue to Fred D. Gray Avenue. Well, the unanimous vote could prompt a $25,000 fine as a result of 2017 Alabama state law that says cities or counties could not make any changes to Confederate monuments without state approval. Mayor Stephen Reed, Dave Belners, have already offered to pay the penalty on behalf of the city. Fred Gray, of course, is 90 years old. Uh, he served as attorney for Dr. King of Rosa Parks. Exclusive interview I did with him is available, y'all. I don't know why we're using photos of him. We got the B-roll. I did a whole one-hour interview with him. Uh, so if y'all go to Black Star Network, yeah, why, why, guys, why, why, why are y'all using photos of Fred Gray when I talk to the man? You, Lord have mercy. Um, anyway, y'all want to... 
I'm just saying. I mean, you know, you got to see show and use video. Uh, so if y'all want to see the actual video of Red Gray, go to the Black Star Network exclusive. It's on the app. Download the app, phone, Android, Roku TV, Apple TV, Amazon Fire Stick, uh, Sam, uh, Xbox, Samsung, all of them. So y'all watch the actual video interview of Fred Gray. Don't ask me why we're showing still photos. I don't know. I cannot think of everything, y'all. Uh, all right. That shows you right there uh, how these people in Alabama are so stupid. Republicans love talking about local control, but they really didn't want people to have local control, Michael over their own city. That's how racist roll. Well, keep in mind, Alabama was one of those former Confederate states that took up arms against the Union to maintain slavery and committed uh, treason based upon Article 3, Section 3 of the U.S. Constitution. So, I mean, this is, this is, this is Alabama. I mean, you, you look at the 1901 Alabama State Constitution, they, they changed the state constitution to institute poll taxes and literacy tests to suppress the African-American vote. So, uh, yeah, they should go ahead and pay the fine. Uh, Fred Gray, fantastic man. He, and he, he filed a lawsuit, the Browder versus Gale, February 1st, 1956, that ended, that, that ended the Montgomery bus boycott because that case went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, and that's what ended the Montgomery bus boycott December 20th, 1956. So, absolutely, he deserves it. Kelly? Okay, yeah. pause Kelly. right there. All right, thanks. Okay, pause right there, Jalen. Now, also in Alabama, we talked about this on, on Friday's show. Also in Alabama, these two stories are connected. Um, Alabama, I mentioned the uh, Alabama uh, State Constitution, 1901, that was written to codify white supremacy. And this is something we deal with in uh, my 10-week online course from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. This article here from the New York Times, uh, this is from... Uh, September 19th, 2021, updated October 7th, 2021. Alabama begins removing racist language from its constitution. Many outdated provisions long since been invalidated, but the language that was specifically intended, specifically intended to enshrine white supremacy has remained. And in the, in, in the first two paragraphs, the first paragraph, they talk about the, the Alabama state constitution in 1901, and it says the last time the Alabama, uh, the last time Alabama po politicians rewrote the state constitution, uh, rewrote their state constitution back in 1901, their aspirations were explicitly racist, quote, to establish white supremacy in this state, to establish white supremacy in this state, quote, unquote. This is exactly what they said. And, you know, Mississippi set the plan called the Mississippi plan is set the template for what to do. The Mississippi state constitution, of 1890 Institute of poll taxes and literacy tests, South Carolina is going to do the same thing in 1895 with their state constitution. Um, uh, then you have Louisiana in 1898, you have Alabama 1901. And this is after reconstruction ends. And you have this effort of these former Confederate states to take back control of all aspects of life, political structure, state legislatures. They start segregating uh, schools and, and segregating uh, streetcars and trains, et cetera. And then the U.S. Supreme Court is going to rule that this is legal. 
in the uh, 1896 Plessy versus Ferguson U.S. Supreme Court case also. Uh, visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can register for the two online courses I teach uh, on Saturday from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. And on uh, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Saturday. Sunday, it's uh, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, where they didn't teach you in school. We do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived. You can go back and watch them over and over again. Both classes are on sale right now. As soon as you register, you can watch the classes we just did this weekend. Uh, we have to get out of here. I'll see you at Hartford Memorial Baptist Church Saturday, October 16th. Um, right now, it's correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. All right, everybody. That's the end of the show. How's everybody doing? Well, we're only on for two hours on Sundays um, on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation WFDF. Monday through Friday, we're on uh, 11 p.m. to midnight. Okay. Visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. All my DVD lectures are there, digital downloads. You can register for the online courses that I teach. This helps support the African History Network. Uh, we'll post a link here to register. Uh, these are all some of our presentations. We have this uh, 15 DVD bundle pack of my lectures also. That's on sale, $100, uh, the Michael M. Hotep uh, Black History Month bundle pack. Those uh, those lectures are good anytime. Let me post a link here. We had a great class today. Um, we had a great class uh, this weekend of um, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement. And um, one of the things we talked about was... Um, we dealt with um, the end of World War, the end of the Civil War. We dealt with Reconstruction era. That's the main thing we talked about the uh, the, the Reconstruction era. We're about to get in next class. We're going to get into the 1876 presidential election, Rutherford B. Hayes versus um, Samuel J. Tilden, which leads to the Compromise of 1877, which ends Reconstruction and rolls back the advancements African Americans were making. Also. Um, in this class here, uh, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. This class just started up. Okay, we just had class number two uh, this weekend. So as soon as you register, you can start watching the content. The, 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 the uh, classes are archived. We do them live. They're archived. It's not like a Zoom meeting like you have for work where you can see everybody there and you see little kids running around in the background or something like that. No, you can see me. I can't see you, so you don't have to worry. Okay. And... Um, also, if you like this type of information, you can support the African History Network, dollar sign, the AHN show, through Cash App, dollar sign, the AHN show, uh, through Cash App, and also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. This helps us keep doing the research, keep broadcasting six days a week, stay on the air, uh, pay some of the bills, et cetera. So we definitely appreciate that uh, also. Um, and this is our official Cash App account, dollar sign, the AHN show, through Cash App. These other ones are fake African History Network cash app accounts. It's not me. Uh, ours, our tag is dollar sign the AHN show, S-H-O-W. And when you go to it, it, it shows my name. It says Michael and shows my picture there. These other ones, I did not set these up and I'm um, trying to get them shut down. Okay. Uh, if you want me to do a presentation for your group or organization, Kwanzaa is coming up. Uh, other events are coming up as well. Email me at AHN show at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. AHN show at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com if you want me to do a presentation uh, for your group or organization. All right. And follow us on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network. Um, turn on live notifications there. That's our Facebook page. 
follow me on my YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. Turn on live uh, notifications so you know when we go live. And you can sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, the 22828. To sign up for our email newsletter, text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, the 22828. To sign up for our email newsletter also. We have to get out of here. Remember, at the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now, it's correct wrong behavior. Also, with the with the online class, if, if anything, the, the online class or any of the uh, lectures or anything, if you want to pay through Cash App, Cash App instead of PayPal, email me, okay, and we'll work that out. Okay, we'll, we, we can do that through Cash App. We just have to process it a different way. All right. Um, remember, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent. Right now, it's correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. Wakanda forever. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network. Subscribe now. Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that'll satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted, empower yourself. Start your free trial today.